Middle East crisis death toll in Gaza surpasses 30,000, Health Ministry says. Victoria Kim Vivian Ishashank Bengali Here's what we know. The Gazan Health Ministry's toll may be an undercount given the difficulty of accurately counting deaths amid Israel's war against Hamas. The ministry's figures do not distinguish between civilians and combatants. The death toll in Gaza passed a somber milestone on Thursday as the local health ministry reported that more than 30,000 people had been killed in the war since October 7. The number of deaths since Israel launched its military offensive against Hamas in Gaza had already surpassed the tolls of any previous Arab conflict with Israel when it rose above 20,000 in December. Many experts say the official toll is very likely an undercount, given the difficulty of accurately tallying deaths amid unrelenting fighting, communications disruptions, a collapsing medical system and people still believed to be under rubble. Still, the reported figure is staggering, roughly one person killed for every 73 Palestinians in Gaza, whose population is about 2.2 million. The figures provided by the Gazan Health Ministry do not distinguish between civilians and combatants. Many international observers have said they believe that the ministry's overall toll is reliable, while the proportion of Hamas-affiliated fighters among those killed remains unclear. An article, published in November in the British medical journal The Lancet said that an analysis of the first weeks of mortality reports from the health ministry suggested reasonable data quality and that the deaths were among Gazan population groups that are likely to be largely civilian. Israel has come under growing international pressure to stop its offensive, and even President Biden, its strongest ally, has expressed growing frustration with the rising death toll and worsening humanitarian crisis in Gaza. But Israeli leaders have insisted that they will continue fighting in order to eliminate Hamas, the armed group that led the October 7 attack on Israel in which officials say at least 1,200 people were killed and 240 others taken hostage, setting off the war. U.S., Egyptian and Qatari mediators are working to broker a ceasefire and the release of hostages, but the prospects of that remain murky. On Wednesday, Hamas's political leader said in a televised speech that while the group was open to making a deal with Israel, it was also ready to continue fighting. He called on Palestinians to march to the Aqsa Mosque compound in Jerusalem in March, raising the prospect of fresh clashes with Israeli security forces around a site holy to both Muslims and Jews. In addition to bearing the risk of being killed in strikes or fighting, Palestinians are living with the growing specter of famine and disease. The health ministry has said infants have died from dehydration and malnutrition in recent days. A physician who was in Gaza in late January told CBS's 60 Minutes this week that people were dying in a fully treatable situation because of the lack of basic medical supplies. Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus, director-general of the World Health Organization, said on Thursday in a social media post marking the 30,000 deaths that most of those killed in Gaza were women and children. This horrific violence and suffering must end, he wrote. Cease fire. At least a quarter of Gaza's population is one step away from famine, a UN humanitarian aid official has warned, as aid groups say that people are so hungry they are, resorting to eating, leaves, donkey feed and food scraps. 
one in six children under two years old in northern Gaza, where the United Nations says it has not been able to deliver any aid since early this month because of security risks and Israeli restrictions, is suffering from acute malnutrition, the official, Ramesh Rajasingham, told the UN Security Council on Tuesday. His remarks came the same day as the Gaza Health Ministry said that a total of six children had died from what it described as dehydration and malnutrition, including two infants at Kamal Adwan Hospital in northern Gaza. The ministry did not provide further details. The fighting, damage from the war and Israeli restrictions on essential goods entering Gaza have decimated the territory's ability to feed itself through farming, livestock and fishing, Mr. Rajasingham said. Farmers have had to abandon their crops to flee the fighting or because there is not enough water to sustain them, livestock have been killed in the fighting or perish from lack of food and water, fishing, once an important source of food and income for Gazans, is now impossible, he said. His remarks echoed a New World Bank report that found that Gaza's total economic output had shriveled by more than 80 percent in the last quarter of 2023, calling it one of the largest economic shocks ever recorded in recent history. Between 80 to 96 percent of Gaza's agricultural infrastructure has been damaged or destroyed, the World Bank report said. About 80 percent of the population has lost its jobs, the report said, adding that every resident of Gaza will live in poverty in the short term. That is leaving Gazans largely reliant on aid, which is extremely hard to come by. UN and aid group officials say aid is generally able to reach Rafah, in the southernmost part of Gaza, but little of it has trickled up to northern Gaza, which the fighting and Israeli military restrictions have largely cut off from the rest of the territory since early in the war. One of the two crossings where aid trucks enter Gaza has been closed repeatedly in recent weeks. The Israeli agency that oversees the Palestinian territories has previously denied that it is blocking aid to Gaza, and Israeli officials have accused Hamas of seizing some supplies. Aid groups were facing overwhelming obstacles just to get a bare minimum of supplies into Gaza, Mr. Rajasingham said. If nothing is done, we fear widespread famine in Gaza is almost inevitable. The UN says a famine can be designated if 20% of households in an area face an extreme lack of food, if 30% of children there are suffering from acute malnutrition and if two adults or four children out of every 10,000 are dying every day from starvation or malnutrition and disease. A breakdown in law and order has also made distribution difficult, with desperate Gazans seizing food from the trucks and, occasionally attacking the drivers. Damaged roads and unexploded ordnance have cut off supply routes. Aid workers have been killed. HTTPS colon slash slash www.newyorktimes.com slash 2023 slash 11 slash 14 slash world slash Middle East slash Anarwa dash Gaza dash aid dash struggles HTML. Earlier this month, the World Food Programme announced it was suspending deliveries of food aid to the north after its trucks came under fire there and were attacked by desperate Gazans. Rowan Sheikh Ahmad, Aaron Boxerman and Amira Haruda contributed reporting. Parties haggling over a possible ceasefire in Gaza offered mixed signals on Wednesday, with Hamas's political leader saying that the group was ready to keep fighting Israel while the president of Egypt said that a truce could be reached in the next few days. The Hamas leader, Ismail Haniyeh, said in a televised speech that the group was open to the mediated talks with Israel, but that any flexibility we show in the negotiation process is a commitment to protecting the blood of our people, matched by a readiness to defend them.
President Abdel Fattah el-Sisi of Egypt, which is brokering the talks along with Qatar and the United States, offered a rosier view, saying that, God willing, in the next few days, we will reach a ceasefire agreement to bring real relief to the people of Gaza. The prediction matched that of President Biden, who said that a deal could come as soon as next week. In public, however, Hamas and Israel are sticking with their long-standing positions and not signaling any breakthrough. The two sides have not met face-to-face, instead negotiating through mediators in Doha, Cairo and Paris. Hamas leaders continue to demand that Israel agree to a permanent ceasefire and withdraw all its troops from Gaza, while Israel has insisted that it will continue fighting until Hamas is eliminated, suggesting it is not prepared to agree to a long-term truce. In a news conference on Wednesday night, Yoav Gallant, Israel's defense minister, said he was reluctant to comment on Mr. Biden's remarks that a deal is imminent. I really hope he's right, Mr. Gallant said. Qatar's foreign ministry said this week that talks were continuing and it was too early to speculate about a resolution. Mr. Hania did not comment on specific terms of a ceasefire deal that could be under discussion, and it was not clear whether his remarks reflected real reservations or were a negotiating tactic. The start of the Muslim holy month of Ramadan, around March 10, has emerged as a target for mediators to hammer out a truce in the war, which started with an October 7 Hamas-led attack on Israel that authorities there say killed at least 1,200 people. Mr. Hania appeared to raise the stakes for reaching a deal in the coming days, calling on Palestinians in Jerusalem and the Israeli-occupied West Bank to defy Israeli restrictions and march to the Aqsa Mosque to pray at the start of Ramadan. That creates the prospect of clashes if Palestinians attempt to approach the mosque, one of the holiest sites in Islam and a longtime flashpoint in relations with Israel. Israel has restricted access to the Aqsa Mosque for West Bank Palestinians, and it has severely limited movement within the West Bank since the start of the war in Gaza. Israeli officials are debating whether to place further restrictions on access to the mosque for some members of the country's Arab minority, a move that could spark further unrest. With the war's death toll in Gaza nearing 30,000, according to health officials in the territory, pressure is building on Israel and the Biden administration, its chief ally, to secure a ceasefire. Israel has offered at least one significant concession, telling Qatari, Egyptian and U.S. mediators in Paris last week that it was ready to release 15 Palestinians jailed on serious terrorism charges in exchange for five female Israeli soldiers being held in Gaza, according to officials. But a Hamas spokesman, Basim Naim, told the New York Times on Tuesday that the group had yet to formally receive any new proposals since the Paris meeting. Mr. Hania met on Monday with the Emir of Qatar and accused Israel of dragging its feet in the talks, according to a Hamas statement. Israeli officials have said the goal is to reach a deal before the start of Ramadan. An Israeli delegation, including professionals from Mossad, Israel's intelligence agency, and its military, traveled to Qatar this week for more discussions, including over such details as the identities of the hostages and prisoners to be exchanged, according to an Israeli official. An Israeli official, speaking on condition of anonymity because they weren't authorized to speak to the press, said the Israeli team was still in Doha on and would return to Israel on Thursday. The officials said it was still not clear whether the talks would continue in Egypt next week. Rowan Sheikh Ahmad, Nada Rashwin and Adam Sella contributed reporting.